podcast. I'm Steven, as always, joined with Tyler. Now let's get right back into another podcast. All right, what's going on, Tyler? Oh, just living life. God. Life at its finest. I'm just trying to survive these days. <laughs> Dude, it's been a while, man. It's been a long while. A long while is an understatement. Oh, yeah. that's. Uh, it's been... Uh, it's been one thing after another. Yeah. Well, I took another job at work. That kind of took away a little bit of time to get on the podcast. But, uh, hell, we're we're here. Yeah. We're, we're back. Be, we're back. We're going to try to get back in the groove of things and and uh, start being a little more consistent, hopefully. Yeah. Well, who knows? Life it's, is it's a life. Funny, dude, I mean, life is a funny it's, thing. It's crazy when you, you know, you're talking full-time jobs and mm. kids and everything else i mean it is boy 24 hours ain't enough time sometimes no no man and then they always talk about you got to get eight hours of sleep and only 16 hours in the day is left well by god that ain't a whole lot of time left <laughs> left in a day and i don't remember the last time i ever slept eight hours That's just about to say there's <laughs> eight hours is few and far between man you know what would be cool though if we got a whole bunch of listeners back on this thing oh yeah that could uh maybe turn this into a uh you know Maybe an extra full-time gig. Yeah, that would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. So that's a little shout-out to our listeners who are there. Go share the podcast. Uh, get us get this thing back rolling so we can uh, get a little bit more consistent. Well, man, I'd be remiss if I didn't get to talk about the fact that like golf has taken a oh. drastic, yeah, drastic turn. We got, and and what's crazy is I didn't. I'm not going to say I didn't see it coming. I didn't think mm. it was going to happen this fast. No, I don't, I don't think I anticipated it happening this fast. What I will say is, man, how do I unpack this? First, you got, dude, the PGA Tour has done wonderful things for the youth of, game, youth of the game. Fantastic things for young golfers. The hard part is, it's really hard to get in to this game and yeah. be paid, even when you do get your tour card, to sustain it. Mm-hmm. What Live Golf did was they said, we're going to get to a place where we're going to pay players a salary and earnings on wins and trophies for teams and trophies for individual score, like all the like crazy kind of mm-hmm. team. Right? You basically took what you get from a Ryder Cup, President's Cup type thing over the course of a season, and the team wins a trophy, the individual player with the most wins and point, whatever it is, like they they get the most, mm-hmm. right? So they get they get a cut. So they've got this <clears throat> they've got this pay scale where they're paying players a salary. And they're getting paid for whatever else. Huge amounts of money. Mm -hmm. These Saudis got deep, deep pockets. And then you go back to the PGA. So just unpacked what Live Golf has done, paying salaries, doing all this stuff. Well, now you have a PGA Tour system that has been based on top 70 in ties, make the cut, you get a paycheck. Mm -hmm. If you don't make the top 70 in ties, you don't get paid. Yeah. So now your expenses to make your trip to the tournament – are all on you. Yeah. You no return. Correct. Zero return. Now you got to hope that you have sponsors that are covering you enough for show and, and TV. And that's okay if stuff. you're a guy that somewhat has has competed for a while 
and mm-hmm. you know has has won a time or two and can do that. But you get these guys that are on tour, but really, you know, it's few and far between that they make the cut or whatever. That's it's tough. Yeah. Well, it's like you know you got this this full swing um, thing on on Netflix, right? Like full swing. This mm-hmm. is TV. Uh, the series on Netflix. And they, you know, the, the first season was great, fantastic to watch while all the live golf stuff was going on. And then, to top all that off, you got, an, they they were recording all this stuff as this merger with live golf and the PGA Tour happened. The only reason why the PGA Tour backed out and had to go with this merger is, dude, they, they couldn't afford it. Mm-mm. Legally, you can't afford to fight with people that, dude, you're talking about, when you have money that has a T next yeah. to it, like <laughs> you know, it's one thing to have a B yeah. by your name, a be a billionaire. It's another thing to put a T by some money. Yeah, that's that's deep, deep, deep pockets mm-hmm. that you can't match. No. You can't match them legally. You can't match them, uh, you know, in terms of paying sponsors and do all that. You just can't do it. Mm-hmm. There's just no way the PGA Tour can match. And the PGA Tour got some am- amazing sponsors. With this merger with Saudi, though, who pulls out? Yeah. What does it do for sponsors? Like, some people, I mean, dude, this whole human rights thing was huge. You know, like, yes, you lost players. Like, Brooks Kepka just won the PGA Championship for the third time as a live golf player. I wish it didn't happen. Like, yeah. no, no, let me not say that. Let me not say that because that's actually wrong. Brooks Kepka is a fantastic golfer, unbelievable dude. He made a decision to go get money to secure himself where he plays a little bit less, more time at home. Because, dude, these golfers are on the road a lot. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're on a, they're on the road playing golf more than most because seasons what, what, of any what, other. And any what other some people don't understand is it's it's Thursday, Friday. If you make the cut, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. and then you are back to the next golf course, mm-hmm. and you're playing nine holes or whatever on a monday or a tuesday then mm-hmm. sometimes there's a pro-am yeah whatever however those however work. that works and then they're they're having to you know play the course and then back at it again on third it's non-stop mm-hmm. yeah it is non-stop unless you have a break you know obviously they yeah i think they're required to play 30 i mean 36 events a year i mean that's that's more than half the year yeah right so like you're you're talking three quarters of the year you're gone mm-hmm. and you may get a day where you go home or you may get lucky where you're playing a tournament relatively close to a hometown where it's mm-hmm. a quick flight to the house before you fly back out on a Tuesday quickly get around in on Wednesday get yourself warmed up and get geared up and go for Thursday mm-hmm. I think the sad part about it is you know you got people like Tiger people like Rory who stuck their neck out like Rory took the grunt of all of this mm-hmm. like in the media he stood for everything that the PGA Tour has done. Like he took everything, at he took everything from the media, every tack that was coming on from side. Like he stood and took it all. How do you compensate a guy like that? Yeah, who literally, in the midst of dealing with all this stuff from the media and all this outside noise with Live Golf, and he's the face of the PGA Tour at that point. How do you reward a guy like that? On top of the fact that he's playing outstanding right now. He could have won the U.S. Open. Was in contention in plenty of tournaments this year. Like, the guy is good. His major, like, drought of nine years is going to come to an end. And he hits the ball a million freaking miles. Hits the ball longer than 
you know, this whole thing with Brooks, uh, not Brooks Kepka's long off the tee, but like Rory's longer, in my opinion, off the tee. Mm-hmm. DeChambeau did that whole thing where he, but this Rory is just, he's so good. He had a little downfall in kind of his wedge game, which is normally his go-to anyway. Like he's normally really good iron player. But man, off the tee, dude, it's hard to beat somebody with that much speed, athleticism, just to be able to rip a golf ball and travel in a million miles. But same old saying goes, man, you drive for show, you putt for dough. He's a good putter with the golf ball. But nobody talks about the 150-yard game no. in the game of golf. No. When, when players get to a certain distance, like nobody talks about, oh, man, on, on, on eight, I was uh, 160 yards out, and I stuffed it within eight feet. Or I was 120 yards out, and I put it within, you know, three, four foot. Nobody talks about that. They talk about the drive they hit on the hole because that's what, that's what sells, right? Yeah. These long-knocking hitters. But hit all this stuff that he's been through with Live Golf and the PGA Tour, at some point, he's going to get rewarded for it. And I think the PGA Tour actually announced that he was they were going to get compensated for their stance to support the PGA with this merger with Live, Live Golf. Yeah. I'm just curious as to how much Live Golf take control. Like, do they, are they, is it a 50-50 merger? You know, because obviously, of course, the DP World Tour overseas is part of this as well. Yeah. Which also means... That now they cannot remove live golf players from things like the Ryder Cup and the Presence Cup, like they said they were going to. Mm-hmm. It's gonna get it's gonna get dicey. Oh, at yeah. the end of the year, it's gonna get really dicey. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. And it goes, you know, it's golf now. Mm-hmm. But what in six, eight, ten, twelve months, twenty-four months? You know, what else do they possibly dip into? With the deep pocketbooks? That's a good question. So let's just take my home team. So for those on the podcast who have listened to certain episodes, like our early episodes, know that I, I moved from England in 2005, right? Mm-hmm. And Newcastle United was my team growing up. I grew up in Newcastle. And Saudi Arabian investor bought Newcastle United. It was embraced by the city. Only because Mike Ashley, the previous owner, was taking money from the team and investing it in other teams that he don't or another team that he don't he wasn't spending any money back in newcastle and the fans in newcastle it's been broadly talked about are the most passionate fans in the premier league it's 52,000 people get in a stadium that i would say is louder than you know old trafford where mm-hmm. Manchester United play. And that seats 70,000. So they're louder than them, more passionate. They travel well. And they embrace this Saudi purchase. Now everybody turned around and said they're going to pour all this money in. They're going to have this super team. No, they didn't. What they did was they were smart. got to find the right coach. Mm-hmm. you got to go put the right players on the field. And, dude... <laughs> What they were able to accomplish from a year prior, being bottom half of the table to finishing fourth last year, was not due to them just spending a whole bunch of money. Yeah. It was down to them putting, they spent a bit of money, you know, spent, bought Alexander Isak, brought him in, paid a, paid a bunch of money for him. Uh, what else did they do? They didn't really purchase anybody else. They kept a lot of the players, the same players that were there. Now they're going to be able to sign players yeah. that they've kept, that have performed, mm-hmm. and pay them a good salary. Yes, that's going to come. 
But outside of that, it wasn't like they just sat there and said, we're going to throw the kitchen sink at the team. They're also planning on investing in the stadium, building the stadium bigger, buying the land around it to build all these extra things. They're doing some good stuff. Mm-hmm. What people can't get around is this this notion of you know human rights. You know they're very anti, you know like you know certain you know they're anti LGBTQ like all these things. Certain people you just can't look past that, right? Mm-hmm. That's and then of course the, you know they think about that reporter, right? That was overseas. That was, that was killed. Mm-hmm. That's another big deal. Like it's hard to look past that stuff. Yeah, and know that the money, in some people's sense, may say it's blood money. Like that's what they're giving you, mm-hmm. blood money. And who knows why they go? You know what? What says they don't buy a? What says they don't buy a baseball team? Yeah, and and that's the deal too. Like you know, who knows? As you move forward, I mean, they have deep pocketbooks. You know, football would be one thing because there's a salary cap, but in baseball, there's no salary cap. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's going to happen. There's no tom- salary cap in baseball at all. Mm-mm. No tax or taxes on top of that. Mm-mm. Yeah, they you can- know, basketball has the luxury tax. Yeah, is anything. But they wouldn't over, care about that either. They'd just pay that. Yeah. But baseball, there's no salary cap. So, I mean, if people thought George Steinbrenner that used to own the Yankees before he passed away turned baseball on its head, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but, I mean, you never know. No, you I don't mean, they know. could, they could go in there and... I'd be curious as to why all of a sudden the Saudis are purchasing teams. Yeah, I mean, that's... Why? Are they trying to, like, say... Like, hey, we've moved past this. We're moving on. We're progressing. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't either. I don't know if it's they. You know, they want to show that they're progressing, or they just want to flex their muscles a little bit, or their pocketbooks a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I but, mean, as of right now, monetary dominant force in the world in terms mm-hmm. of money. I mean, it's kind of hard to compete with the money that they got. I mean, yeah. heck, dude. Like, you, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. The Saudi Ravens could clear the national debt of the United States. <laughs> oh, no doubt. <laughs> that's no joke. No, it's not. I really don't. I mean, it's 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 that it's that crazy. I mean, deep pockets, man. Deep, deep pockets. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, this live golf thing is going to get crazy. It's going to get interesting. I'd, I'd be curious to find out what happens. You know, people like Ian Poulter, right? Who really. You know, didn't have a whole bunch of stuff happening for him on the PGA Tour or the European Tour, for that for that matter. You know, hadn't won in a while, has still has the itch, still good. Went and took money to go play on the Live Golf Tour. Like, he's now back, right, because it's now a merger, right? So I'd be – I'm curious to see how it all plays out. Like, do you still have the PGA Tour and Live Golf, and all Live Golf players can play on the PGA Tour? That's the way it's going to go. Mm-hmm. All legal suits have to be dropped. They're going to be dropped in every single court. Um, At that point, it's going to come down to what what is the agreement? Who's still the face if it's a, if it's a merger? Like, who's the face of the PGA Tour? Is it still the same yeah. guy that's there? Who knows? Yeah. Time will tell on all that. But, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of different ways it could go. Yeah, for sure. Man. Old golf. 
Man, I gotta tell you, dude. So I went and I went to the PGA store on Wednesday, dude. I went and hit the new TRS, my Titleist. Hit the new Paradigm, the new Stealth Two, the new Cobra, and man. I'm a tailor-made guy through and through. My whole bag is tailor-made clubs. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, that Stealth 2 is hot. It's fast. It's light. But yet, the TRS is the number one driver on tour, apparently. So this Titleist driver. But it's weird. Like, super deep face. Weird to look at it, a dress. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this thing just doesn't feel right. I hit it a couple times. It's long, dude. It's, it is long. It's a long club, um, pretty accurate. I'm not sure that the carbon face on the Stealth Tour, on the Stealth 2, is as forgiving as they expected it to be relative to the titanium twist faces they used to use. Like, I tend to have a draw, and I found myself playing maybe two or three that were hitting my normal ball shape. And then I'd have like one or two like that would just randomly <laughs> kind of trickle off to the right. I'm like, I didn't do anything different here. Like I'm pretty consistent. If I'm gonna miss the ball, I'm missing it on the same side of the same side of the course. Yeah. And for me to have the same ball speed, right, same launch angles, and for it to kind of miss was a little off. So I'm, I'm kind of I don't know. Uh, but then again, I can't judge it, right? Because again, the players on tour are hitting it straight off the sweet spot and it's going straight like yeah. so it's, it's it's something something about the amateur swing right is not quite as forgiving for an amateur yeah. as they i think expected it to be um the paradigm i wasn't sold on like they talk about it being one of the fastest clubs fastest drivers on tour and all that stuff it didn't feel right didn't sound right like there's something there that i don't think is quite set for callaway yet uh, but drastic progress relative to the uh, to the Maverick and things of that nature. But man, I had a blast up there, hitting all these new new equipment. Man, of course you get the itch, right? So then yeah. you're looking back, and I'm like, man, do I really want to spend six hundred and twenty nine dollars <laughs> on a brand new driver? Uh, I chose no. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I did learn quite a bit, man. About like I still play an M5. I still play the old M5. It's a good club, but I found some different setting changes that they talked about up there that they wanted me to try to maybe kind of counteract some things. So I'm a, I just adjusted it the other day, so I'm going to give it a shot when I go play next. But it was a cool day up there, man. Oh, I bet. It was a shit ton of fun. I love golf. I really, really do. I wish I had more time to play it. Yeah. I mean, I dude, I, don't, I do not have the time I used to have. At one time, I used to be off every Tuesday and play every Tuesday. I don't have that luxury anymore. So now my, my days to go play are my days on the weekend. And, you know, weekend with kids and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like, I just I just don't have the time like I thought I did. But um also speaks volumes to the fact that we ain't done the podcast in a while. Yeah. Too, so. <laughs> <laughs> this free time's getting less and less. Oh, no doubt. But, man. There's time, but it ain't free. No, it, it for sure is not free at all. Well, man, have you been watching any of this Formula One, dude? Well, you know, I, I used to not keep up with it until I... Yeah. Ran across you, but I've I've noticed, um, I noticed for stepping is still he's still oh, rolling, dude. When you have a car that is that stable, 
and you literally have zero fear throwing it into a corner coming in at like 220 mile an hour knowing you're hitting your breaking point and the car is going to do exactly what you tell it to do is one heck of a feeling i mean it, it is one heck of a feeling so <clears throat> you got so aston martin made a lot of progress for them to go middle of the pack to them now basically being you know second third like you know second third maybe fourth or hitting podiums like they're starting to make some like make drastic progress well what mm -hmm. they did was during the offseason they said hey Red Bull's doing something right. Yeah. Let's try to figure out a way to replicate yeah. what they got, right? That's what they've done. Success leaves uh, clues. Yeah, for sure. So they're close, and they're also using Mercedes-powered engines, whereas Mercedes is using Mercedes-powered engines, but a Mercedes car. So, like, what do they do? Now, start of the season wasn't very great. I'm a big Mercedes-AMG fan, so, like, Lewis Hamilton's my guy, but... um. To see the way they started the season wasn't the best. Not where they thought they would be. Made drastic changes. They removed the zero side pod off the car. Put a traditional side pod on the car for airflow and aerodynamics and things of that nature. And all of a sudden, they start to see improvement. All things that Lewis said last year they should have done. So that causes tension. Yeah. Now, Lewis is up for a contract year this year. And apparently, his demands are high. Oh, I bet. I mean, dude, he's the, he's the, he's the most iconic racing driver on the planet and he's a he's a public figure social media at like you know uh, what do they call them things where they you know clothes whatever man like uh, fashion mm -hmm. big fashion guy um so there's that but i don't know i don't know what happens uh with this contract negotiation what he's actually asked for i don't think i've actually seen the specifics of the contract i don't think that will ever be released uh, until after it's done, but um, it's going to be crazy to see what they do. But my guess is his demand is that, hey, we're going to have to produce a car that puts me in contention mm -hmm. or I'm out. Yeah. He's going to have an out clause somewhere, somehow, and he's going to sign a one-year deal. I don't think he's going to sign anything more than a one-year deal. I think everything... And, that he, the, and he went from winning a lot mm -hmm. to all of a sudden... Hadn't won a race. Yeah, hadn't won a race. Last year was his first winless season since he started Formula One. Yeah. Last year. And, and he didn't just forget how to drive. No, he didn't forget. So that's the whole deal. Yeah, he did not forget. You know, for, from his standpoint, <laughs> yeah. I didn't forget how to do this. I'm still really good at it. Yeah, whatever he, his ability to drive a car, period, is, is, is unmatched. Um, what Verstappen's able to do right now is through the performance that, now granted, he's talented. He's a talented driver. Because what he was able to do with what Red Bull had to start the season two, three years ago was nothing short of great, too. He's a little aggressive, and I think that's what still throws people off. But when he gets the aggression thrown on him, he doesn't respond the same way that he dishes it. Mm -hmm. And I think that causes a little bit of tension across the paddock. So there's that. Lewis has always been a clean racer, mm -hmm. as is Fernando Alonso, always been relatively clean, uh, minus when... Fernando and, and Lewis were on the same team with Mercedes. There was a little bit of tension there because Lewis was the young hot gun coming out, performing, whereas Fernando was kind of falling off at the time. But Fernando at his age, dude, still still driving the wheels off a car. So it's got nothing to do with, like, people can turn around and say, well, Lewis is aging, he's lost a little bit of his edge. No, it's all BS. Yeah. Because 
if that's the case, Kimmy racing into his 40s doing what he was doing should have never happened. What Lewis is doing now in his late 30s should have never happened. What Fernando's doing at the same age and in his 40s also shouldn't be happening. So you can't turn around and say that it's it's reaction or it's like you just don't have the same commitment level. That That's not it. Yeah. The driver has to be great and the car's got to be really good, especially in that sport because 90% of it is aerodynamic gains because the engine performance across the grid is about the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can take the bottom four teams, and you can say that there's some performance issues there. But for the top three teams, it's not engine performance. It's all about aerodynamic gains. Mm-hmm. How do you reduce drag when you need it, and how do you create downforce when you need it? That's it. They do those things. I mean, you, you've got you got the best race car on the on the on the on the track, mm-hmm. and the fact is, Red Bull had it last year, and they continued that form this year. The controversy of them overspending in the off season still stirs a little bit of pot. Like, well, where else did you spend money? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Before the salary cap, how much money did they invest in this car? You know? Did they just pour all their assets into it? Mm-hmm. Who knows? They could have. Yeah. They could have just got the jump on every other team. Now, the teams will get closer. Yeah. It will happen. It always happens. And then there'll be a new regulation change. There'll be a new car, and things will change again. But, yeah, it's it's wild how great they look right now. Mm-hmm. The difference is his teammate, Sergio Perez, does not look as good as Max does as of late. Yeah. Early on in the season, he was competing for wins. So that's going to be that's gonna be a dicey duo. So we'll see. But, <clears throat> man... Let's talk about Rangers. They are, uh, I will tell you, I thought they were going to be good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably a little better than what I'd anticipated at this point. Mm-hmm. They're 49 and 32, you know, five game lead up in the division. I knew they were going to be better. I didn't know if they were going to take a jump this quick, but I also. Do they look awesome? In the back of my mind. I knew if Bruce Bochy came out of retirement, he didn't come out of retirement for a rebuild. Mm-hmm. He probably knew they could win right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that was a good feeling. But I didn't. I, they've, um, you know, I, like I said, I knew they were going to be good. I didn't know they were going to be where they are right now. Um, you know, they've. I'm not going to say they've hit the skids. They've cooled off a little bit, but that's going to happen in a 162 game season. Yeah. Um, you don't want to, you don't want to peak too early, um, but you know if they can if they can roll into the All Star break that's coming up and and uh, you know maybe play 500 bar a little bit better going into the All Star break we're we're in good shape. Um, you know the good part is they've they've cooled off a little bit, but um, you know the Astros and the Angels aren't really making a ton of ground on them because they're kind of in the same boat. Um, but it's about staying healthy. You know, they lost, you know, the guy they went and played paid big bucks for to pitch. You know, he's out for the year, so people are having to step up. And mm-hmm. um, I think some of the starters are not hitting a wall but getting a little tired. But they can always skip a start or, you know, if they can get to the all-star break. Um, yeah. I know you can't rush it there, but if they can get there and still be relatively healthy, give everybody a few-day break, mm-hmm. um, I think they'll be – Good to go to make a little bit of a run. 
Um, but, no, they've looked good. Their offense, you know, they scored a bunch of runs last year. It's just their pitching was atrocious. Um, the offense has been really good this year. At, you know, at times it's hit the skids, but, again, that's going to happen in a 162-game season. Um, but they've looked good. The pit, the starting pitching's looked um, – I mean, to lose their ace, you know, a couple of months into the season, I think I think the starting pitching's done just fine. The bullpen's blown a few leads, and some people are like, oh, you know, some people push the panic button because the bullpen's blown some leads. But, again, that's that's basically what happens. Like, yeah. the other guys yeah. you're playing are really good, too. <clears throat> yeah, they, you know. they, they, they don't stop playing. Yeah, they you know, so, yeah. you know, do they need to go get another arm? Um, yes, but my whole deal is – I was around um, for the runs in 10 and 11. Mm-hmm. And then they made the playoffs again in, what, 15 and 16, whatever it may be. Um, but they completely depleted their farm system to yeah, make those gone. runs. And yep. and that's fine. That's fine. If you win a championship, it looks a lot different, right? But um, I don't want to sit here and deplete the farm system in to go get someone. I don't mind spending some money on someone if you got them. But, yep. like, I would just – rather be careful because I think you're ahead of schedule you know I don't think anybody thought they'd be where they are right now exactly uh, maybe so I just didn't but I think they're ahead of schedule so I would hate a setback because you just now again if you feel like you're there and you feel like you can win it right now you know you may have to go get it Yeah. but because you're not guaranteed to be here again I just don't want to see them deplete the farm system again to to make a run when I think we're ahead of schedule. Because mm-hmm. um, my whole deal is if you win a championship, that's great. That would yeah. be awesome. But do you want to win a championship and then be crap for the next 10, 15 years? Sure. Um, and, I, and, again, I don't think we are. I think we got the right people uh, making the right calls and, make you know, calling the shots. Um, but being a little bit ahead of schedule, I don't, I don't know um, – what I would do in that situation, but I mean they'll they'll probably go find somebody to help. You have to whether it's a veteran bat, um, or you know a veteran presence in the bullpen, um, whatever it may be, or if there's some young guys they could call up. Um, I don't know if any of their young arms are quite ready, but um, no, they're in a good spot. Yeah. Now, uh, Bruce came. Was he with the Giants? So he won. Three with championships with the Giants. Yeah. Retired. Um, they went and got him out of retirement. And it, again, that's a good, you know, my deal is when you're doing a coaching search, it's uh, you have to make the calls. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they're going to come out of retirement. It doesn't mean they're going to, you know, leave what they're doing. But that's, that's I think it's a great job on the front office doing their due diligence. Yeah. And going and saying, hey, look, you know, what's your thoughts? Um we could really use you, and I think him looking at the roster in totality and where the organization is, um, you know, he didn't just come out of retirement for no reason. He didn't come out of retirement for a rebuild. Like, yeah. I think he really knew they could win right now, and yeah. uh, which is great because I didn't, I didn't know where they were technically at. Um, you know, their offseason moves with some of their pitchers have been great. I mean, yes, um, the big dog you went and got um, – Got hurt is out yeah. for the year, but it's a blow. But hey, he, it's, it's he's had nice. injury problems. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the risk you take, but I think you also take that risk every time. Yeah, because if he, you know, he probably won't be back till 
after the all-star break next year but if you if you make a run this year and you're back at it again next year you know the dude comes back after the all-star break and only has to throw half the season into the playoffs Mm -hmm. you know hey you know it cuts his starts down he's not you know starting you know 30 times you know he's only going to start you know how many ever times and then he'll he's fresh so who knows but no they're in a good spot i like where they're at um I'm excited where they're at. It's been sure. it's been a little while. Yeah, it's been um, a while since we've seen them in this position. So it's good. I'm um, a big baseball guy, but it's tough to watch bad baseball sometimes. Yeah, for sure. It's just the same with anything else, though, man. Like you know, we can say the same about any other sport, really. When you're you know, especially home team, you know, you don't want to watch them suck. Yeah, and um, and, I, and, and we've it's, watched the Rangers. Kind and of I'll just, tell you, I went to a game a few months back. Um, you know, it was – I mean, it was a Sunday afternoon game, but it was pretty electric compared to when I went last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I went last year a couple of times, and it was – you know, it's uh, – you got a new stadium, and, yeah. you know, from the outside, you know, some people say that stadium looks like a dang barn or whatever, but on the inside, that's, that place is awesome. Yeah. Well, that that's – I think that's the other thing, too. You know, we, we, we talked about that before, right? Like, pitchers like cooler temperatures. Mm-hmm. You know, they definitely enjoy cooler temperatures. So and, and and just from a just from a metroplex standpoint, it's hot. Mm-hmm. It is freaking miserable right now outside. Yeah. yeah. So now you shut the, like now, hey guys, it's super hot outside. Let's go watch the Rangers play. Mm-hmm. Seventy five yeah. degrees, seventy three degrees inside. Yeah. You'll you'll sign up for that every day of the week, twice on long. Sunday. Yeah. All and day long. So, um, you know that's good, but that you know, being able to kind of get back on track and and get some people into that new you know new stadium um but no i I love where they're at i think they're in a good good place 49 and 32 um mm-hmm. i'll take it because i don't know what our record was last year but i know it wasn't 49 and 32 no 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 <laughs> and i think that's the that's the sweet spot is going into the all-star break above 500 would be nice and i don't see them i don't i just even even as cold as they may get i still don't see them being no, because here's the deal. Here's the deal. Typically, not all the time, but typically, if you can get to that 88 mm-hmm. win mark, mm-hmm. you know, of course, in the 90s would be great. You're probably going to go to the playoffs, depending what division you're in and how good the teams are. That always plays a factor. But if you can get to that 88 win mark, a lot of times you have a chance to at least be in the playoff hunt or be right there and possibly be in the playoffs. Um, and they're at 49. All-star break's probably a week or so away. Mm-hmm. You know, you get above that 50 mark, which surely to God. I mean, they'd have to I be mean, a massive letdown not to. Not um, to but if you could more. get to that – if you could get to that – if you could get to that 50, you know, 55-plus, then you come out of the all-star break, you know – I'm trying to remember what I saw what I saw on statistics for like regular season wins, the sweet spot number of wins for you to guarantee yourself a really good run in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I know there's all this kind of weird stuff out there, you know, with you know, statistics making its way into baseball and on-base percentage and things of that nature. But look, the Rangers got some hot bats, man. Mhm. I mean, when they score, they score big. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're talking, dude, I've seen 14, 15, 16. Yeah, they can score run. in a hurry. They can score in a hurry. So you're talking big wins, not just wins, but huge wins. I mean, heck, at one point, I think they were up almost 
shutting the team out would they had no runs on the board at one point where it was like 13 nothing or something mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they put a few up there but like dude they were so far ahead so and last what? year last year in the American League just to kind of give you a an idea of course the Astros went in with 106 wins which they end up winning the World Series Yankees at 99 wins Cleveland at 92 Toronto at 92 Seattle at 90 Tampa Bay at 86 so you know, if you can get to that eighty-eight mark, you're probably a, a wild card team. But if mm-hmm. you can get, if you can get ninety, if you can get to that ninety-three, ninety-five range, you're probably going to win your division. Mm-hmm. Um, be able to host some. You know, of course they go back and forth, but at least have home field advantage. Um, you know, so I think they're in a good spot. Yeah, I feel good about it. I sure would like to see the Rangers make it to the World Series again, though, because the one thing about like being in Dallas is. It's a Cowboys town, man. Mm-hmm. Like the Cowboys run Dallas. It don't matter if they go four and twelve or twelve and four. It's huge Cowboys support here. Mm-hmm. Baseball, I think this year has taken a huge leap forward for the Rangers for two reasons. One, people want to go to the new stadium. It's an attraction. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two, dude, if you were sitting in third base. In the scorching heat. Yeah, or left field. Or, dude, yeah, 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 dude, it was miserable. Like you hated being in that stadium because mm-hmm. it was so hot. I mean, mm-hmm. right now, dude, we're getting temperatures of 104, 105. Feeling like 110, and 100, 12. Well, and then heat index. I mean, there was a heat index the other day of 116. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hot, dude. And then you put yourself down in a stadium where that air can only move so much. Yeah. It feels blistering hot. Yeah. So the fact that you have a stadium that's regulated temperature. They can close the roof. They can open the roof. Mm-hmm. They can do all these things. That is a pitcher's paradise. Yeah. It's a hitter's paradise. Yeah. Just There's a no- ball player. Because you got to think, you know, 162 games, mm-hmm. and you're spending how many of those in that blistering heat? Like, that takes a toll on your body. It's fatigue. And mentally, oh, i got to yeah. go. You know, not that they're not professionals and they're going to yeah. do it, but it's And like, they do their job. But, yeah, damn. but golly, that's got to be just mentally be like, man, I got to go out here again. It's a hundred thousand degrees. Yeah, but they're at the halfway mark right now. So forty nine and thirty two. That's eighty one games. So they're right at the halfway mark. So you know, if they were to do the same thing again, you'd be at the ninety eight win mark. Yeah, you know, if they were to do a little better, you get to a hundred. If not, hopefully you can still be at that. You know, ninety to ninety five range. I but like. They're in a good spot. I like where they're at. I like the team they have. Um, what are they, the third best? Yeah, so they they have third. the second best record in the American League right now. Of course, the Rays have the best at 56 wins, so they're not too far off that pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the Braves have 53 wins, but the Braves are super hot right now. Yeah. Like the Braves are rolling right now. Now, again, it's still got half a season to go. Yeah. Um, Anything can happen, though. Yeah, but, you know, the the Rays started off super hot, cooled off a tad bit. Now the Braves are getting hot. And that's a lot of things, too, is, you know, are you, not always baseball is one of those things. And, and, heck, you saw it in basketball this year with the heat. It's not always the best team that makes it to the finals. Yeah. It, they are, you have to be good, but you got to get hot at the right time. And the yeah. heat come down there with the eight seed and run all the way to the finals. Yeah, they petered out, but yeah. – it's uh, but it also, 
what I love too is it shows the parity now in all the sports. Mm-hmm. There's so much parity in professional sports. Mm-hmm. You see it in college, especially in basketball, but you're starting to see it in you're starting to see it a lot of sports. There's so much parity now. Yeah. Um across the board that I mean, you take uh take the NHL. You got the Florida Panthers that roll out there and beat the Boston Bruins that literally had the most historic season ever. Clip them. Yep. Find themselves in the NHL you know, the Stanley Cup Finals, yes, Las Vegas blistered them. Yeah. Makes the Stars look better, by the way. Well, I turned around and said, if the Stars beat the Golden Knights, dude, they would win the Stanley Cup. I said that. And everybody laughed at me, and I said, I'm telling you right now, dude, the difference between the style of play for what's coming out of uh, the Western Conference versus the Eastern Conference in hockey is drastic. And they can talk about, you know, Colorado, you talk about all these, all the whatever. You talk about but whatever you, you want. Now you went back to back years where the yes. Western Conference won it. Yeah, so like it's, dude, it's 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 immense, and and the stars will come back. Yeah, but yeah, dude, in in terms of, and to be honest, well, here's what's crazy, we are one year removed mm-hmm. from the Mavericks playing in the Western Conference Finals. You know, they did that last year. This year, not so much, but. To me now, if you take yeah. your if you take your Dallas sports team, your Metroplex sports team, they they may be the furthest away now. Mm-hmm. That's what's crazy. One year later, yes, they may be the furthest away. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could sign Kyrie, but we we also got a good sample size that that didn't work out. I'm I'm hoping it does, but yeah. I don't know if him and Luca's style of play really match up with each other. Um, you know, and you still may not sign him, but it it's kind of putting pointing that we probably will but yeah they it, just seem further away now than any of the other teams yeah i think that's fair and you know i think the one thing that i have mad respect for jason kidd um because he there was times where he didn't call timeouts and he said you know what sometimes these guys just got to learn got to make it happen oh i i i, I agree Dude. like i thought his first year i thought he i thought he outcoached a lot of coaches yes in his first year, mm-hmm. this year, I'm not saying he didn't, but I also think he's like these guys got to figure it out. Like I can't keep come saving them. Yeah, like I can't constantly be saving them. They got to figure it out, and they didn't. Uh, it was not a great year. Um, I, I mean, mean dude, they didn't the, make the playoffs. The fact that you were sitting at the six and you blow it they away, didn't make the play in. That's what I'm saying. You fell off the face of the oh, earth. Oh yeah, it was bad. It was brutal. It was it was one of the biggest destructions of a team I think I'd seen. Now, Mavericks have never been a draft team. No. So no. I don't want to hear none of this crap about. Well, they did it to go get draft. No, no. <laughs> they, the Mavericks historically have never, never. I been can a tell draft you right team. now, in the past twenty whatever years, they've drafted good twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm and, sure there's other ones. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, Dirk, one of those. Dirk yeah. and Luca. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Now, there could be other ones, I'm just saying, that have made the yeah. absolute impact immediately. What I think, you know, I miss those days, too. I got to be honest with you. You know, we we can sit here and say that we've lived through a lot of really good sport. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. Dirk Nowitzki, 
LeBron. LeBron. Kobe. Kobe. Shaq. Shaq. Yeah, dude. Like you, We've seen a lot of great, great sport players. I think what flies under the radar, too, is how good the Spurs were for a long time. Oh, dude, God. they were so good. They were so good. They were – hey, Popovich is unbelievable, man. Yeah, I mean, again, they've, been, da- they've been down the past few years, but, my gosh, as many championships as they brought to San Antonio, they could probably take that a little bit. But now they got the number one draft pick. That well, dude's a freaking – Well, think about this. He's 7'5". got to think, out of the Western Conference, you had Phoenix – Dallas, Spurs, Lakers. Rockets at times. Rockets at times were hot. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's five teams out of the eight that make it that were just yeah. on it. And the I Eastern, mean, Eastern the, Conference couldn't even every, keep up. Everybody else is playing for three spots. Yeah. Sometimes four, but a lot of times three mm-hmm. spots. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was it. And you got to go play seven games against each other. Mm-hmm. And there were some great rivalries in that. Tim Duncan... You know, Manu Ginobili. I mean, Tony you know, Parker. Tony Parker. I mean, they would do. They were lights yeah. out. We've seen some really, really good sport. I think the thing now is like there's so many good players mm-hmm. of youth mm-hmm. that I think you start to lose a little bit of that superstar mm-hmm. because they're all pretty damn good. Yeah. Now you could argue and say that Steph Curry is a superstar. LeBron is a superstar. Um, yeah, Luka but, and, is and, a superstar. And here's the deal, though. You have... I'm not saying Curry is as old as LeBron, but they're getting to that point that they're having... To, they're going to have to pass the torch very soon to the next generation. Yeah, somebody else. They're going to have to move it on to somewhere else. Somehow, some way, you're going to have to pass it on. And... Dude, I still believe to this day Kobe was so much better than LeBron. I just I just do. I mean, I, 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 I can sit here and, and rest his soul, man, but like when we were talking about all-out, just pure grit, mm-hmm. I don't remember Kobe ever complaining about anything. I remember him sitting in a press conference one time and they would tell him, "Well, you're up, you're up three games or something like that." And he said, "Okay, mm-hmm. so you ain't happy about that." I mean, that dude, and he that said, dude Job was finished. absolutely. It was, it was, it was full tilt all the time. Yeah, I mean, I've even heard uh, LeBron and them talk about when they were playing for Team USA. Mm-hmm. They're playing Paul Gasol and them, and they're teammates with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he body checked the and heck he, out he of him. He told them that I'm going to run through Paul's chest, mm-hmm. and he did. And they are teammates, but he, but dude, that dude was relentless. And Paul Gasol at the time turned around and said, "He just sending me a message. Mm-hmm. He's just it sending is. me a message. That's it what is. he did. He sent me a message." And and he knew he knew mm-hmm. how he's wired. Mm-hmm. And there was no bad blood from no. it. No, none at all. No, because he, he, under- he, he, he knew understood. he knew what Kobe was doing. Yeah. He understood what was happening. I mean, it was one of the best things I'd seen. Man, and everyone's talking like, no, there ain't no way you're going to do it. That's your teammate, man. You ain't going to do like none of this. Like, his mentality no, was... Ruthless. Oh, my gosh. It was second to none. Like, just, like, now that he's passed away and you hear all these stories, like, I have more respect for him now hearing all these stories come out. Like, this yeah. dude... Mm-hmm. I know uh, 
there's a basketball player that said that uh, I think it was Jason Williams, the one that was really good at Duke, um, had that motorcycle accident. Now he works for ESPN, but he said when he was a rookie, he comes in like three hours before the game mm-hmm. to work on his game, and they're playing the Lakers, and Kobe was already in there. Yeah, and he said he stayed forever and left. Kobe was still in there. Mm-hmm. He said after the game, he goes, Kobe, like, how did you stay in there the whole time and then play? He was like, he's like, I stayed in there to just prove to you that you can't outwork me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's the best thing you can have. It's the best thing you can have. You know, there's stories too now. You know, as Tigers progress too, right? Like, it's the same thing, right? When you think about these guys. Their stories come out all the time about Tiger and how ruthless he was, right? And, you know, you've heard stories from, like, Ernie Els going to his dad, and his dad's like, well, how can you beat this guy? And he's like, Dad, you don't understand how good this guy is. Yeah. Like, you don't understand. I'm good at the game of golf, but you don't understand how much better he is yeah. at this game than me. Even on my best day, <clears throat> I'm still not yeah, good enough. Yeah, I'm still not good enough. <laughs> like, I'm playing for second place. Yeah. And there was a... A story that came out and it basically said like you know tiger had given uh one of these players a ride from the course to the airport and didn't take him home and <laughs> uh he sent a message to tiger he's in a six-hour delay at dfw and he said hey tiger thanks for taking me home on a six-hour delay and tiger's response was play better <laughs> <laughs> But this like, is that, dude. But it, like, you have to have one of those guys on your mm-hmm. team. Like, LSU just won the College World Series. Yes. And there was this clip that Paul Skeens, which is was their best pitcher, he one of the games he threw like over 100 miles an hour 46 times. Man. But they said they would get through practicing or working out, and he will walk around, and he's not joking. And they said he would point at every player and be like, I outwork you, I outwork you. I, he'll go around the room telling everybody that he outworked them that day. And they said it's every day. And he's not doing it joking around. He's being serious. Yeah. But that also keeps everybody in check. That like, I, I can't allow that dude to keep outworking me. Mm-hmm. You know? And it just, sends a message. Oh, yeah. Yep. You want to go deliver, you better show up and you better put in the work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always a, it always comes down to this whole thing, man. Like, you, t- uh, obsession always out, outweighs talent. You can mm-hmm. have all the talent in the world, but you got to be obsessed with it. Yeah, you got to have an obsession with it. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the obsession, you're never going to get well, there. Well, they were talking about that one time with Kobe. Like he wouldn't pass some of his teammates the ball, and they're asking, "He's like, you, your work ethic. You don't deserve the ball. Mm-hmm. I see your work ethic. You don't deserve the ball. Mm-hmm. Like fair. And that's how he was. That's how he was wired. Yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, though, there's a lot of really good players in every sport and then there's the great ones and they're and it's not necessarily skill it's it's all mental Mm -hmm. and it is i mean it's nuts it's wild man well since we're on the uh the whole dallas kick and you know superstars i think it's only fitting that we Maybe come into our last segment about talking about the Cowboys, but I gotta get on a soapbox. It's getting close. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna say it here. It's getting close to the you know best me. time of the year. You know me. I'm gonna say it here first. You ready? Yep. Here's my prediction. All right. Dallas Cowboys. 
So let's, for the record, <laughs> you said thirteen and four last year. I did. I did. They and they 12. probably should have went to it thirteen and four. Yes. They kind of, you know, yeah, had a horrible game at the end. Well, they should have beat the Packers too. Yeah. Anyway, um, so you were pretty close because I, I said ten and seven, so I was two games off. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, while you're go ahead, while I'm gonna pull their schedule <clears throat> now, pull up pull up their schedule. Um, because their schedule's a little bit a little bit tighter this year, from what I remember. But I'm gonna say this. So I am, history is destined to repeat itself. And I said this last time on the podcast when I said this prediction. I also said they were going to make it to the uh, NFC Championship game, which they did not. They were one game off? One game off. So I was one game off in the regular season. I was one game off in the NFC Mm -hmm. Championship. So I'm going to say this. I think they matched their record from last year, so I'm going 12-5. and I'm only going 12-5 and five because of the unknowns. Here are my unknowns. I don't know what the offensive line is going to look like. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I agree. I do know they made really, really good acquisitions in terms of wide receiver. I also know they made really good acquisitions in terms of defense. Corner's still questionable. I think it's safe. I think it's secure. Mm-hmm. I think we see a better execution of a system defensively this year than we did last year, only for stability and, and here's, in position. And here's what I will tell you. I've never coached in the NFL, mm-hmm. but I have coached high school football. I will tell you, I've co- I coached for five years. My first two years were under one coach. My last three years were under the other. That third year was our best year. Yes, we were talented but you finally get all your schemes in. You finally get all your plays in. Mm-hmm. Everybody understands what to do. You can do more stuff on the fly. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, you can make more adjustments on the fly instead of having to be so Manila early on mm-hmm. because you just don't have everything in there. You can't make all your adjustments or calls or whatever. But everybody gets so used to the system. So yes, I agree with that. I think. I think and getting that first round draft pick kind of mm-hmm. secure up the middle of that uh, defense for run purposes, run stopping. Mm-hmm. I mean that dude. That's what he's there for. He's there for one thing and one thing only. Yes. And I was really not aware of this guy. I was not. Dude. Um, but dude when I saw Micah beast. Parsons' reaction when they got him, mm-hmm. then I was sold. Um, that was his guy. Um, so yes, I think defensively you are going to see probably the best version of the Cowboys so far. So I'm going to stick with my 12 and 5. So you have the you have the schedule pulled up? I do. Okay. Game number 1, Giants. Chalk it up to an absolute dominating win right uh-huh. out of the gates. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, that is a that's a uh home game. Away game. That is, oh, crap. I want to say opening game. That is an away game. Away game, game. yeah. Chalk it up to a big win. I know the Giants made the playoffs last year. Yes. And I know they had a new coach, first-year coach. Mm -hmm. I think they actually aren't as good this year. I also agree. I'm not saying they don't have the players to be. I just think they take a step backwards. I am 1,000% not sold on that quarterback. No. So, now here's game two. Yeah. And this just threw a whirlwind 
mm-hmm. the Jets and their new quarterback. Yeah, but and, it's Aaron Rodgers. So here's what I'm going to tell you. I agree. Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. He just always has the Cowboys numbers, my he fear. He does. He does. And the Jets are so good defensively. They are They are the uh, – they're unpredictable right now. I don't think you can predict what, what it's going to come out of the Jets. No, because I really do believe mm-hmm. you could get one of the top teams in the AFC, or I think you'd get a complete dud. And I don't know if there's any middle ground with them. I, I think they're going to be really good or really bad. Yes. Because a lot of it, too, is – you know, you people can talk about their, um, you know, quarterbacks. You know, and everybody, um, you know, they're they're how they're going to progress. But like, we don't know if he if last year was a one off or he's hit the skids. Mm-hmm. All right. So right now, I'm going one and one. Okay. Because I think they're going to lose to the Jets, only for the fact that it's Aaron Rodgers. If he does something crazy, we'll chalk it up to a questionable mm-hmm. loss. Could be a potential win, so we're one and one. Then you got the Cardinals, and they're gonna—they're a freaking dumpster fire. Yeah, they are terrible. That's two and one. That's an absolute dumpster fire. Then you got the Patriots, win. Yeah, three I, and one. Yeah. Then you got the Niners, four and one. Okay, I think I, they come back. I, okay, yeah. I agree with that. Um, the Niners have been really good. Don't get me wrong, and they're probably going to be really good again. Um, you—it's hard for me to believe. That they're gonna keep having our number. No, it's only a matter. Of, you got too much film now. You know what they're gonna do. You've run the routes. You've seen the routes. So four and one to me. I think they, I think they beat the Forty ers I think they come out hot, which is also gonna put us in a really really good place. Mm-hmm. All right. And then you have the Chargers and your ex OC. Yeah, Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. So here's. I think we are better than Chargers, but you always have... Yeah, but the Chargers with, uh, with uh, what's his name? Um, quarterback? Quarterback. Yeah, uh, I mean, Herbert, Herbert, good. Right? Herbert's good. Herbert's good. He also got a good arm, and he did really, really good last year during during playoffs, right? So, like, you got to think about that. He's got a lot more reps, mm-hmm. a lot more exposure to, like, tough situations. I don't know the Jaguars beat him, but they had a yeah. humongous <clears throat> lead and yeah. just blew it. blew it, crapped the bed. So... Uh, that's going to be questionable for me. I agree. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take the loss against mm-hmm. the Chargers only for the fact that I don't know. So and I'm gonna take the, it. F- and it's the NFL. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna take it four and two. Then you got the Rams. Rams is a win. Yeah, they're not gonna be very good. And you got the Eagles. I think we win the first one, depending on whether we're at home or away. The first one is at Philly, so at least we get them at home when it gets cold. Yeah. So I think we, I think I think you chalk that up to. I don't know. I don't think the Eagles. I think we may beat the Eagles twice this year. So let's just take. I know that my only fear with the Eagles, they were really good last year, and they drafted just phenomenal this year. Um, But yeah, but that takes time to adjust. Yeah, still adjustment period. I don't think that. Yeah, let's let's chalk the Eagles away to a loss. So we're at what? What are we at? Five and five and three. Yeah. So we got two. I got two more losses right now. And then you got the Giants again. You got the Panthers. They'll be Win. better. They're not going to be good. You got the Commanders, and I think they'll be Win. an absolute dumpster yep. fire. I do not think they're going to be. We're going to win. I know they beat us last year late. Um, we just played like absolute trash. Trash, yeah, for sure. The only thing, what's the only thing that scares me with the Commanders is I don't know what they do, but we can never. Our offense does not show up against. Them. I know they're good defensively, but they give up a whole bunch of points. 
mm-hmm. and then we play. Uh, they play us. They look like a million dollars. That's fair. But I agree that's a win. Yep. So where are we at? One, two. So that puts us at uh, eight and three. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to go Seahawks. Win. And that is at home. Yep. That's nine. Then you're going to go Eagles again, but we've already given a we've loss. We've given so we'll a loss, so we'll take a win. So now we've, yeah, so now we're 10. 10 and 3. Then you got the Bills. Bills is going to be a tough in one. In December at, at yes, Buffalo. That's a loss. So I'm going to take that as a loss. That's our fourth loss right there. Yep. And then you got the Dolphins. Win. That's a freaking crapshoot. And yep. if, if their quarterback's healthy, that's a game. Mm-hmm. But he's never shown, even in college, no. that he can stay healthy. Agreed. Now, here's the one that scares me more than anything. Because mm. I this is my wild card team to be really good this year. And that is? The Lions. Yeah, the Lions are going to be unpredictable. <laughs> so, we're going to lose to the Lions. So, <clears throat> I, when, I, when I originally went through this, I had a loss to the Lions. So, the Lions, you know, you go back two years ago, right? Terrible. Same coach, right? So, now you've got, again, some consistency. Mm-hmm. I know this to be true. They're going to be in their third year with yes. this guy. Yes. First year, they made some progress. Last year, they got hot super late. Yes. They didn't make the playoffs, but... They came close. If they would have, nobody would have wanted to play them. Yeah. Nobody, I think they no. were one game out yeah. of making the playoffs. So, I'll take that to a loss. That's a fourth loss right there. Only for the fact that I really do believe that they're going to... Like, dude, stability breeds consistency. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. You're going to have consistent results when you have stability. So... Chalk that up to a loss. And then you got the Commanders. A win. So there's 13 and 4, but we had a question mark in there. So there's your yeah. 12 and 5. Yeah. So I'm good with it. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with 12 and 5. I just <clears> – here's my over-under. So Dak threw for a career high, what, 18 interceptions, something last year? It was not good. It wasn't good. I'm going to take the drastic under this year. I don't think he's going to throw that many interceptions. I think he forced a lot of the ball – only for the fact that I felt like he, you know, the Cowboys weren't playing ahead a lot. Mm-mm. you got to come out of the gates hot, and they did that. I think the intangible here is the fact that nobody's picked up Zeke. Right? So, do you sit there and say, hey, look, we've released you, but we want to sign you at league minimum. We want to bring you back to Dallas. But we want you to do this. We want you to play maybe a halfback role, you know, instead of fullback. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the the future holds for him. I know he's not as explosive off the ball as he used to be. Whether that's you know age, whether that's just wear and tear on the body, I don't know. But a running back's number has drastically gone down. Mm-hmm. It is. It's become so far in the decline direction where players like. Um. Uh, how do we put this? Like I mean, you, even, you're paying even, more money for slot receivers. Even the Vikings just cut Dalvin Cook. Yeah, you. you I mean, you, dude, that that tells you something though, right? The mm-hmm. running, the running game. The the evolution of the NFL has become passing heavy. Yeah, it, it sells tickets, man. Mm-hmm. Flying that ball through the air sells. You tickets. have to have a run game, but I think what a lot of people do is okay. We're going to spread you out so much and throw it so much that we can just do running back by committee. Yeah. The Chiefs do it. The well, Niners do it. You got to find a Debo. Mm-hmm. You got to find a Debo Samuel mm-hmm. who can play wide receiver, 
really, really well, by the way. Yeah. Fantastic route runner. And I was also built like a freaking freight train and can run through the middle of any gap that you give him. And the Chiefs just put these little guys back there that just kind of scat backs. Mm-hmm. But uh, you also People like have Pringle the, and you just all also of them. have the best mm-hmm. Edward Edwards Elaire and like there's 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 a lot there. But I, I I'm I'm gonna stick with twelve and five. I will say this though. If the Cowboys make the playoffs, I think they see progress. I do think they make the NFC championship game. The reason I say they make the championship game is for these two reasons. One, defensive system is also in year three. Mm-hmm. which means the playbook is going to be even more fine-tuned than it was in years one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also didn't want to leave because he knew what he had in Dallas. Fair. Head coach, Mike McCarthy, has a track record of being a winner. Yep, and people here's the deal. People can say what they want about this guy. I'm just telling you, he's went 12-5 and five the past two years. And we ain't seen that in and Dallas repeatedly. If we, if we would have went twelve and five with Garrett, you could have chalked up the next two seasons of going eight and eight or six and ten. Mm-hmm. So there's he he has shown consistency. Stability. His first year, super tricky COVID year, like that was yeah, really a whole bunch tricky. of mess. Yeah, but since he's been able to get in there, there has been a lot of consistency, um, and I like where we are at. Um, I will agree. I actually last year said they were going to go ten and seven, so I was two games off. But looking at this, like when I f- originally looked at it, I said thirteen and four. Um, I think they're. Um, and here's my deal: the defense is going to carry you. People have to understand. I think early on, the offense is changing. It's going to more of that West Coast style offense, mm-hmm. but it's going to allow you back to number one, not hold the ball near as long. Yeah. And number two, we're not always trying to take big shots down the field. Low percentage completion rates. It's going to be a lot higher completion rates. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it's going to be good for Dak. Um, not that I didn't like Kellen Moore, um, but it, all things must come. The to fact an that end. Mike McCarthy's going to take the playbook. And I mean, I know they've had one of the top offenses in the NFL the past couple of years. Yeah. But like, yeah, my deal is yes, the offense has been great. Um, but it's been really bad at times in in very crucial situations. So mm-hmm. I think it was probably time for a change. Um, but no, I think. Um, I mean, I just think they're going to continue building. Um, can I sit here and tell you that there's going to be a championship comeback to the to the Metroplex in the next few years? I can't, but I can tell you, um, twelve and five sounds a lot better than eight and eight. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, and if you go back to his average five hundred, mm-hmm. like. Jason Garrett, <clears throat> as great as we want to sit there and talk about culturally the guy oh, yeah. knew how to command a message. Mm-hmm. Really did. Knew how to set up his team in a way and speak very, very well. Mike McCarthy's very different. Oh yeah. He does he's an OBS kind of guy. Like you performed or you didn't. And, you know, he's analytically driven also, which I think is something that's fresh to football. Um, with this whole thing, like, you know, Amazon's big thing with, like, percentage windows. Mm-hmm. and like It's going to cause a whole bunch of different things, like scenarios where you have to play. I'm, and, and I'm – I don't coach high-level sports at all. Um, but I love the numbers game because at the end of the day, like, numbers don't lie. No. Film doesn't lie. Mm-mm. And – 
I'm not saying you have to be 1,000% completely driven yeah. by analytics, but I do think there's a perfect mesh. But um, if I take those numbers and play the odds more times than not, I'm probably going to be all right. Well, think about this. When analytics made it into baseball, look at what Oakland A's did. With yeah, it. With, the, with the worst. Yeah. I mean, the, the payroll is horrible. Yeah. Um, Lowest payroll. Yeah. And all they went after was analytics and on base percentage. Won twenty games in a row that yeah. year. And again, that's it may Dude. be a one off, but I mean they're like the Rays. The Rays are the most analytical team in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um did it cost them a World Series a couple years ago? Possibly. Some people would say yes. But at the same time they stick to their guns. And if you're gonna stick to your guns, good, bad or indifferent, that that's okay with me. Yeah. Um but now they're you know they're sitting right now at the best team in baseball. So I mean, there's something to it. I mean, do I do I think there's an eye test at times too? Um, yeah. yeah. But that mm-hmm. also goes back to making well, sure, um, you know, you have a pulse on your team and understanding that analytics are great. But at yeah. some point, also, um, I tell you what scares me about the Cowboys: mm. the offensive line was not great last year, and there's there's still some question marks now. Do I think they have the pieces to get it fixed? I do. I just don't know what they're going. I don't know if they're going to move Tyron to right tackle. Um, or where to, he goes. To me, Steele yeah. um, has done a phenomenal job um, at right tackle. He got hurt last year. Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to move Tyron back to left and slide Tyler Smith down to guard? Like, there's a lot of question marks. Yeah. Um, I'm not movement. saying there's a right or wrong answer of how they're going to do it, but you know they're going to have to figure that out. Yeah. Um, and then the the kicking game, it, it bit us in the butt last year, and we still haven't figured that. But that's two years in a row when we hit the playoffs. Your kicker is literally don't drop the ball, a freaking head case. Yeah, it's, um, it's terrible. So games you could have won, yeah, on the kicking game, dude. You're talking two games, two games you could have been better off mm-hmm. with a kicker that would have been able to make and again, make it's field goals. The, I know you don't people don't make splash moves in the off season going to get kickers. I understand that, but I mean they. I mean, right now they might as well have me and you on the roster as a kicker. Yeah, that ain't like no I don't lie. even know what they have. Um, but I guess if uh, you know if your kicker's your, you know, your biggest problem, we're probably in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. Again, it's bit us in the butt. But what I'm saying is, at least at yeah. least you're not searching for a quarterback or. And again, uh, you know, does Tony Pollard come back better than ever? Does he? You yeah, know, what I'm saying that's like a question what, mark. Yeah, it's also yeah, it is. I just I I think if here's here's my fear. If they brought Zeke back for pennies on the dollar, I'm I'm down. Yeah, sign me up. I'm just afraid if they bring Zeke back, does that mean Pollard's not a hundred percent yet? Mm. Yeah, and that that throws a question mark for sure. And you know, and Zeke, I mean, somebody else could grab him. I, I think he's going to be sitting here until somebody has a running back get hurt. Yeah, and then somebody's going to probably grab him. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I mean I would love to go get Dalvin Cook, but you you got so much tied up in Pollard with the with the uh, with the franchise tag, like you can't mm-hmm. really go pay another running back. No, not really, not for the price that he's gonna want. I mean, if you try to get him, I mean I don't yeah I don't think you, he's not he's not the guy who's gonna take lead minimum unless he can't find a job. I don't think he's gonna have a problem finding a job. You don't think he is? I don't for the simple fact of now 
is he going to be able to go get exactly what he wants? Probably not, just yeah. because the market's not great for running backs. It's not. Um, it's drastically but went down. I could see, I could see somebody going in there and paying him, you know, maybe a little less than what he wants. Um, mm. I don't know, maybe not. I mean, there's a reason, and I, I say this all the well, time: when people cut people, when teams cut people, they see them every day. Yeah. You better take a look at that. I mean, we all thought it was stupid for the Seahawks to cut Russell Wilson. Yeah. Or to trade him to Denver, whatever. And then we find out last year that dude's not very good. Now, he may be good this year with Sean Payton coming in. But, um, you know, sometimes when you cut people, um, you got to look. Maybe maybe they see him every day and they, he's lost a step or two. Yeah. Um, you know, we only see him when we play him. So... Yeah, I, I don't know. Who knows what happens from there, man? But I, I know, I know this much to be true. Deadlines make deals. Oh, no doubt. So deadlines and injuries. Yeah, make deals. <laughs> so it is what it is. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Not that it's that big of a deal. Who's our backup quarterback? I. That is a wonderful question. I was um, just thinking about that. Uh, Not that I expect Dak to get hurt. I'm just curious. So, uh, where did uh, man Andy uh, Andy Dalton went to New Orleans, didn't he? He was there last year. I don't know if he's there this year. He's there now. Well, we had Redhead last year. We had um, Cooper Rush, but didn't he sign with somebody else? I thought he did. Didn't he go take up a spot? Mm-hmm. Resigning quarterback Cooper Rush. Oh. Upon a two-year contract as of March seventeenth, twenty twenty-three. Okay. So I guess he's coming back. Right. I mean, all you're all you're looking for a backup quarterback is just give your your team a chance. So. Yeah. He did that. He did for sure. Well, we'll see, man. I'm sticking oh, with yeah. my twelve and five. I like it. So. I love it. All right, man. I love it. Another podcast down? Yeah, we'll try to – we will – there will be a couple – the next couple weeks we are here, there, and everywhere in the United States of America. Out of commission. Um, But hopefully as we get closer to August, we um, can keep coming to you guys on a weekly basis, especially with the greatest time of the year coming up in football. Football, No doubt. Give me all the football. Well, hell – Till next time, tee it high and let it fly.